For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Heading into the second hour, about this time yesterday, we talked to uh, Andrea Nelson, of course, who was uh, in charge of uh, running the Cricket Women's World Cup for 2022. We put a full stop on that, which meant we uh, opened the door on the next big uh, women's tournament, of course, which is the Rugby World Cup. Uh, and that is uh, scheduled to begin uh, on October 8th. And that, uh, according to me, is around about six months away. So I thought it'd be a great time to get to in Michelle Hooper. Now, Michelle uh, has joined us this morning. She is the tournament director for the uh, Women's Rugby World Cup. And uh, I would imagine, uh, Michelle, you kept a little bit of an eye uh, on the Cricket World Cup just to see how it was going. Good morning to you. Good morning, Ian. Um, lovely to be with you today. Yes, um, watched on in great admiration of the Cricket World Cup unfolding here in New Zealand. Um, it was a, a very difficult period with the um, crowd restrictions and everything else, but the team did an amazing job to deliver that uh, Cricket World Cup. And it was such a testament to all of their hard work to see the sellout match in Christchurch uh, on Sunday. I was actually fortunate enough to have flown down there and um, been part of it and seen firsthand the incredible atmosphere and uh, just the international flavour and experience um, of, of the tournament just gave me goosebumps thinking about what our Rugby World Cup um, starting in October the 8th here in Auckland and Aotearoa, um, yeah, the potential that we have to um, deliver an outstanding event. Yeah, Michelle, it gives me goosebumps to think about it as well because a lot of that was done, as you say, under COVID restrictions. Fingers crossed, and let's all do that around the country. You might not have to um, have to sustain or uh, endure those kind of restrictions. So we're looking perhaps at uh, one of the most well-supported women's events ever, probably in New Zealand, uh, with the crowd numbers, uh, I think, going to be very good. That's right, and, uh, you know, we uh, um, we bought um, one of the tournament rights hosted on a bid to supercharge the women's game. Uh, we've been very ambitious in saying we want to achieve a world record attendance on that opening match day on the 8th of October at Eden Park. Uh, we don't just want to break the record, which is around twenty to 21,000. We want to smash it out of the park. We want a full house at Eden Park, 48,000, uh, to be part of that experience. And there's never been a better time for New Zealanders to, you know, buy tickets to an event. Um, it's affordable, it's accessible, children from $5, adults from as little as $10 a ticket. Um, so there's no excuse for people not to um, sign up and get their family um, on board for um, a Rugby World Cup experience um, in October, November this year. Well, the Cricket World Cup was able to showcase cricket around the country. Yours is a, a lot more condensed. Give us uh, the details, uh, Michelle, of, of uh, your venues as such uh, and the format for this tournament. Absolutely. It's a very unique um, format. It's obviously we're just hosting in Auckland and Whangarei. Um, we've got three matching venues, Eden Park, Waitakere Stadium and Northland Event Centre. <clears throat> All of the pool phase matches, pool phase matches are Saturday, uh, triple header games, so three um, games back-to-back at one venue. Um, and they're all Saturday and Sunday, so you go to Eden Park and you'll see three games at that opening match day. Um, South Africa, France, England, Fiji, um, and then the number one game of the day, obviously, being a Kiwi, um, Australia, New Zealand. Mm. Um, and that'll all be in one day. Uh, and then the semi-finals um, and the finals will both be at Eden Park as well. So it's a unique footprint, only 10, 10 match days. 
Um, and as I said, uh, the, the tickets are incredible pricing. The, um, we actually are releasing our team venue packs this Friday. So this Friday, so how do people go about getting involved this far out in terms of ticket purchase as such? Uh, well, yeah, so it's a huge week for us. So today's the trophy tour that's being launched around the country. Um, and that trophy's going to go from Cape Breanga to the Bluff. And then in terms of ticket support, so on Friday we're releasing our team and venue packs. So you could have a um, venue pack to Eden Park, and it was opening match, uh, semi-final and a final. Or you could have a Blackburn supporters pack or an England supporter pack, depending on what team you want to support. Um, and for a very little investment um, to, to be able to secure that and, you know, have it in your hand. It's very unusual to think that you could actually just go and purchase one of those online for a Rugby World Cup from Friday this week. Um, you know, normally you have to go into a ballot and it's a wait list and you may miss out. This one, you can go online to purchase and, and have it in your hand that day. So um, it's you- a very unique situation. Michelle, two venues is quite an interesting concept. As you say, it's, it's quite unique. Did you contemplate a wider, a wider spread event? Yeah, the, the locations were chosen before I before I came on board, but I think the underlying um, sentiment was to supercharge the women's game, have a smaller, tighter footprint, and spend the money and the, and the energy on generating you know venues that you can drive between, um, securing international stadiums. So obviously, in a stadium like Eden Park, one of the most famous rugby stadiums in the world. Uh, Northland Event Centre have proudly hosted many uh, Rugby World Cup and international matches, and Waitakere Stadium have also hosted international test events. Um, you know, and really focusing on that um, easy access and drivability. Uh, I think, given the groundswell of support for women's sport and women's rugby, um, if you were to do it again, you'd definitely take it further south. I think, in the COVID mm. uh, environment, the smaller footprints meant it's been more manageable, and, and you know, some of the challenges may be less challenging. And as you say, hopefully, we don't have any of those challenges anyway, um, and we can look to all mm. of our events to be sellout events. Um, but it's you know, uh, the, the, um, huge momentum shift for women's sport. That's going to be an incredible. Event. Yeah, I mean, it's the middle one of three, isn't it? Because we've got the uh, the Women's Football World Cup co-hosting with Australia next year. I mean, it's just the most amazing time for women's sport in this country. Uh, on that basis, uh, are you really confident that uh, New Zealanders will travel from the south, etc., uh, to get involved in this tournament? Well, I, I hope so. We're, we're pitching to them to do that. And, you know, a piece of cake for me to jump on a plane and fly to Christchurch on Sunday, $78 ticket mm. there and back, um, you know, if you buy early enough. And I think that first week of the tournament is um, the uh, school holiday, so it's a great opportunity to travel with your kids and, and booking a bit of a, a, a holiday um, in the North Island and, and, you know, go and do things like go to the Sky Tower and, um, you know, really make a package holiday of it. Um, so, yes, I'm confident that they will, and I think the love for rugby, the love for women's rugby, and the desire to be part of a historical moment in time, um, you know, you can't, you, you know, it's a bucket list item going to a Rugby World Cup. Um, and with the ticket pricing as affordable as it is, there's just not, the, the barriers just aren't there to, for people to not attend. And we managed to go overseas to do it. Um, and in the other sense, and it's a bucket list item for a lot of people, why not just fly to Auckland and, and, or Northland and, and go to um, one of the 10 Rugby World Cup match days? It'll be an experience that you won't, won't be repeated. No, it won't be repeated. As you say, it's hugely unique for, for that part of the country. Uh, the upside for me, um, and I, I would imagine the players will probably go along with this too, is that uh, there's no excuse for having, you know, uh, we didn't have a break long enough in between games because the turnaround gaps for the players, uh, because of this concept, uh, will be equal, won't they? Totally. Um, you know, 
Correct. Yep, it's five days for every team. Everyone's got equal, um, which, you know, in the men's tournament, it's a much longer format. This is a really you know, short, dynamic format. Um, and the fact you've got triple header match days, which they don't do in the men's game either, means that you've got, mm. um, you know, a way to get through the matches more quickly uh, and with less venues. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how it could, you know, impact, um, you know, future world rugby tournaments. It'll certainly be interesting to see how it's um, received by the New Zealand public. Um, we're planning an in-venue entertainment program that goes alongside the rugby. It's really family-focused, so lots of things for the kids. You know, that was such a winner at the Cricket World Cup final on Sunday, just seeing all the kids with the cricket bats playing cricket. Um, you know, we want to ensure that our family zones are um, created so that families feel like they can stay and have a comfortable, enjoyable experience, even though the kids are all running around. Um, so there's going to be some really interesting... You know, one of our lounges is very family-focused, so you can get a... Um, yeah. Corporate hospitality experience where you can bring your kids and have a little bit extra, um, you know, comfort in your day, but still um, be part of the be part of the rugby action in the stands. Uh, so you know, we're really so, generating yeah. this towards the um, women's game. So Michelle, what does a day of triple headers look like in terms of timings for what people wanting to come and watch? It's about two fifteen kickoff, a four forty five kickoff, and a seven fifteen kickoff for their opening match day at Eden Park. Um, so, you know, you get come along after lunch and then you, you go into the early evening watching the game. And that opening match day will also, we're planning to get a headline artist to perform, which we look forward to announcing that in due course. Um, but that's never been, never been done at a um, Rugby World Cup match before. There's lots of exciting things too um, that we're bringing New Zealand first, the world first. So logistically, um, what are the challenges you face? I mean, two venues makes it sound to everybody, well, that's nice and easy. You've got uh, and two hours or two and a half hours in between venues. That seems pretty easy to organise. Uh, how's it all coming together? Logistically, what are your big problems? Uh, logistically, it is very straightforward, to be honest. You know, three stadiums is, is brilliant. You know, I think the challenge has definitely been this global pandemic. And, you know, we were required to postpone last year. Um, which meant that some significant improvements could be made. You know, that extended rest period for players, splitting the matches between Saturday and Sundays and having three games a day instead of six and giving Auckland and Whangarei both their equal time in the sun in terms of their own exclusive match days. So, um, you know, we've, we've addressed a lot of the logistical challenges through that postponement and then the desire to improve the format. Um, you know, World Rugby have been brilliant in that regard. Um, so really for us, it's just ensuring that we can have full crowds. That's our, you know, and it's looking like it's going to be. So I feel like we're in the um, in the dark tunnel coming out into the light and the celebration and festival and party is on New Zealand's doorstep. You know, it came October the 8th and we want to kick it off with achieving a world record with our fans. I think the number one thing for New Zealanders to remember is that the Black Ferns are five times World Rugby champions. This is the first mm. time they'll ever defend that title on home soil. <clears throat> and I know personally for me, ensuring that we show them how much we value them and what they've done for our country uh, is a really big, important part of my motivation. And also um, showing the Manaki Tanga to those other 11 participating teams. Uh, so holy grail of rugby player World Cup here in New Zealand, those players that are coming here. This is all of their dreams coming true, to come and play a World Cup in New Zealand. And I want them to experience um, that amazing hospitality that I know New Zealanders do so well. And that takes them to rugby because these female rugby players are, uh, you know, mad advocates and as passionate as New Zealanders are about the game of rugby. And we get this chance for New Zealanders to show off, you know, we love the game, how affordable rugby is for the country. Um, it's a year of celebration um, in New Zealand across rugby. New Zealand rugby announced that earlier this year. Uh, we want to see, you know, parties and celebrations from grassroots all the way to the, um, to the world stage as it will be in um, the greatest manifestation of that for the Rugby World Cup um, starting October the 8th. 
The other thing, uh, Michelle, I look at uh, quite a lot of women's rugby, of course, um, because uh, of uh, my role with Sky, exactly. We've got a, a TV, we've got a huge vested interest in women's rugby, of course, but because of that, we get a lot of rugby yep. coming from overseas, and when we see uh, international matches being played uh, amongst the home unions in France, etc., see massive crowds. So there's massive amounts of interest yeah. over there. And, uh, of course, what, uh, what New Zealand cricket or women, uh, cricket didn't quite have was the advantage of being able to invite people overseas because of our COVID restrictions, et cetera. It really didn't open up to, till too late for that. Uh, but you won't have that. Hopefully, yeah. I'm saying, I, I really pray, I hope you pray, that there's a big market for you overseas too. Absolutely. And I mean, we're in a team workshop today. I've just come out of it to speak to you on the, on the radio. And, um, you know, one of my number one things to challenge to the team was, you know, that unprecedented global fan support. How are we tapping into that? What are we doing? You know, what new things can, what levers can we pull? And I think that's the thing with COVID is you constantly, every day is different and you're constantly pulling a new lever because something else has changed, you know. And being agile and being able to work in that environment and say, okay, what else can we be doing to attract that international market? You know, here, international tourists was not originally a huge focus for the event, mostly travelling family and friends. But there's a huge following for international for women's rugby globally. And especially out of Australia and, and Europe, you know, there's potential for international tourists to travel here for the game. So um, we're looking closely at what we can now do and initiatives we can push go on um, to try and attract that interest to travel to New Zealand. Um, and you're right, you know, the border restrictions loosening up and, and the um, gates being open, so to speak, um, the world's our oyster in terms of that, as long as people have time to you know, buy the tickets and get on the plane, um, the rest we can make happen for them when they get here. Michelle, I can uh, hear the enthusiasm in your voice. It's fantastic. Actually, I heard it with Andrea Nelson. I can hear this exactly the same thing for you. So uh, I think uh, things are on track looking good. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, closer to the event, hope to catch up with you and just see how things are going. But just uh, one more opportunity for you right now to tell people how to get these tickets and get in first. Rugbyworldcup.com forward slash 2021. Dot com forward slash 2021 team and venue packs on sale on Friday so get on register your interest in the tickets and then as soon as they're open you'll get the link and you'll be able to buy the packets but packages but guarantee you're never going to get value like this in rugby again and this is the bucket list family item here in New Zealand for 2022 make sure you get there and thank you so much for being on the show happy to get in time Thank you, uh, Michelle, uh, so much for just updating us on how things are going and good luck with uh, these preparations. Only six months is going to fly for you, I think, very quickly. It will, absolutely. Yes, well, and watch for the trophy tour in your town soon. It's coming around the country starting today. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.